Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company. Smoked salmon, the secret is in the fire. And joining us from somewhere on the water, hopefully he's catching fish, we have Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Hi, Terry. Um, you know, I want to talk about some bites that are going on and stuff, but before we do that, we just got off the off the phone with Ray from Adventure Camper, and he was kind of raving, you're going to be out there, and he mentioned one seminar in particular, the kids' seminar. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, next weekend, we're going to be doing a kids' seminar from 11 to noon, talking, you know, helping kids learn how to fish. We'll talk some nuts, some places to go, how to be successful with kids. And we have purchased, uh, I believe, about 20 rods. Yeah, he's got... Th- to the kids bit of tip. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit on us, but he's got 20 rods and reels to give away to the first 20 kids that attend the kids' seminar, which you said is at noon. Is that right? It is at 11. 11, 11 okay. At noon. 11 o'clock. And then, yep, and then what we will do is from noon to 1, I'm gonna ha- we're going to have a little casting demonstration area open, and we'll work with kids on casting. Oh, that's awesome. You know, another thing, we say kids seminar, but one of the things I think is really important, parents need to sit in. First of all, they'll pick up tips because a lot of them aren't experienced anglers and they want to get started too. But really you cover how to help the kids get started fishing, and it's really good for the parents to sit in that too, isn't it? Yes, it is. We're doing it for a wide variety of stuff, uh, including, like you say, tips on how to take kids out fishing and make it a fun experience for everyone. Now, what? Uh, hopefully we won't lose you here, but what are some of the other... T- you're doing three more seminars. What are the other topics? Um, we're going to start with stream fishing at 10 a.m., and then we're going to do at two or at 1 o'clock uh, a seminar on fishing Rocky Mountain National Park. I know a lot of his customers like going up there camping during the summer. There's some great fishing. And then at 2 o'clock, it's going to be fishing new waters. So how to approach something you've never fished before. That's awesome. You know, and speaking of Rocky Mountain National Park, I might hit up Steve Schweitzer for one of his books. He wrote uh, fish, A Fly Fisher's Guide to Rocky Mountain National Park and A Fly Fisher's Guide to Indian Hills Wilderness. So I may just get one or two of his books and have them out there with me to give away. That would fit right in with your seminar. Oh, that would be fantastic, Terry. Yeah, so it's that that would be that would really be good. We may do that. So we'll take a look at seeing what we can do there. Um, and then you're are you going to be you're going to be there from uh, then from almost all day, right? I'm planning to be there all day, as long as people want to talk fishing. Uh, my seminars end at three o'clock, and the stores open till four. But if you want to talk fishing, I'll stick around until. Uh, the door closes. And there's going to be food there, too, barbecue and stuff. And I'll tell you what. I it, like the sound of that. I've yeah. been sitting on the water all day and haven't had anything to eat yet. <laughs> so t- as far as fishing's going right now, Brad, what's, what's going on with fishing uh, around the state? Have you heard much? You know, the warm water bite's really starting to pick up. You talk to the guys that are fishing uh, Cherry Creek, Boyd, even Jackson, uh, those fish, the water temperature's starting to hit the mid-50s. So the walleyes are going, the bass are starting to move up. 
crappies are coming up to spawn. It's a great time to be out fishing. The temperature is fantastic. So for the next three weeks, uh, except next Saturday when you need to go down to Adventure Cancer, you need to be on the water. Well, and you know, the crappie bite right now, I've heard is phenomenal. Almost everywhere where there's a good population, Pueblo, John Martin, those southeast lakes. I'm hearing the crappies in Navajo are taking off, and I'm sure the crappies are taking off in these northern lakes. I just haven't heard a report. People are being a little quiet about it. Yeah, I'm down at Pueblo fishing a, a walleye tournament, and I'm not going to tell you about the walleye fishing until next week, but I will tell you the crappie fishing is lights out. Well, I talked to the biologist from Pueblo last week, and she said it's not uncommon to see crappies going from 14 to 16 inches. I can tell you we have seen crappies that are taking four-inch lures all the way down to where you can't even see it in their throat. There are some big crappies here right now. Can you tip anybody off or where they might look for the crappies? You know, I'm going to tell you right now they're really moving into the back coves where you can find some warmer water. And uh, if you get a little bit of off-colored water with, um, um, I may have a bite going on here, but uh, with some trees, any sort of brush where they uh, would be doing some spawning. All right. Well, we probably should let you go since you are fishing a tournament and uh, let you catch those fish. Then next week you can tell us how much money you won. All right. Well, hopefully there is some money involved in there. All right. Brad, we'll talk to you next week out at Adventure Camper. All right, look forward to seeing everyone. All right, thanks. That was Brad. And we're we're going to go over a few things here before I go to the next break because Brad was breaking up a little bit. He is in a tournament. We don't want to take too much of his time. But I'll tell you what, if you want to learn some fishing techniques and stuff, Brad's a great instructor. You know, we have great, great contributors on this show. This show is the information we give here is possible because of the, you know, we have Brad, we have Nate, who you hear every week. we got Ronnie Castiglione, Chad Lachance comes on, Dan Swanson, Bernie Keefe. In fact, Bernie will be joining us later on in the next hour to talk about the fishing uh, up in, the, uh, later on this hour, rather, to talk about the fishing up in the Granby area that's really starting to take off. So, you know, the contributors we have on these shows are really what help, because I try to get out and fish. I travel the world, actually, when mostly the America's fishing, but I travel a lot, and so I fish a lot of different places. Sometimes it's hard for me to keep track of everything that's going on around here, so I really I really try to, it, that we have these guys to contribute to our hunting and fishing. It's um, it's really great that, uh, that, that we, uh, that we, it's really great that we have these people, uh, and, and, and uh, I, I'm not sure I understand what you're telling me. Be, be sure to thank, oh, Will, because he did the show last week. i getting notes from the control tower. They, they told me to tell, say thanks to Will, control room, and who did fill in for me, and he's just a great guy, Will. We love Will. By the way, I'm not going to be in studio for the next three weeks. I'm going to be on remote the next couple weeks. We'll be out at Adventure Camper. You want to join us out there. And then after that, I am going to be in Minnesota doing some of that fishing I was just talking about, and Ronnie Castiglione will host the show. But I was saying, we have great contributors, and Brad among them. You know, you, you hear Brad, then Austin Parr, and all the guys that come on here. These guys are on the water all the time, keeping track of the conditions. And one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about, 
I write these articles for the Denver Post, and I wrote one last week on Pueblo, or I wrote, I wrote one on John Martin a few weeks before that, about the phenomenal fishing and what's going on in those lakes. And, you know, people go out there and they have great success, but then some people go out and they don't have such great success. And I got to remind people that it's still fishing. And when we talk about a body of water and a bite that's going on, that means you have a better opportunity to go out there and be successful. And that's really what we're trying to do is help put you in a position where you can be successful. Now, you still have to execute when you get there. Hopefully it works and we put you in a place that's easier and that we've given you some tips on how to go after the fish. But there's, you know, I used to get emails when I was doing television. People would say, I stopped at that lake where you caught all those fish and I fished for two hours, didn't catch anything. And I'd kind of chuckle because if I had a nickel for every two hours I spent on the water and didn't catch a fish, I probably would have retired a long time ago and I'd be sitting in Tahiti with a little umbrella drink fishing off the shore there. But it's, it's the, we want to improve the odds of you having a successful trip, whether it's hunting, fishing, just going camping. That's the kind of information we try to bring here. We try to bring in my column and on our Facebook page, Terry Wistrom Outdoors, which you should follow us on. We really keep track of all these types of activities and things that are going on through our Facebook page. So follow us there. We're going to try to give you the best information about what's going on to help you be successful. But when you go out, you know, have the mindset that even if it's a very hot bite and there's a lot going on, there's days a weather change can affect how the fish are acting. Some pressure from other fishermen might affect. You might not be quite in the right location. You might not be have quite the right presentation. But get out there and work it. And when the fishing is good, we're coming up to the summer peak is what we call it. Now, probably through the end of June, when the warm water lakes, the walleyes, the bass, the crappies, those type, the panfish, are going to be just on fire. And when I say on fire, it means they're going to be very catchable and very active. A lot of the bait fish haven't hatched yet, and the metabolism of the fish is high. This is the time to go out and hone your skills. Now, if you hear Nate say, we're catching 50 fish a day, go out there with the expectation that maybe you'll only catch six or seven. But if you work hard and catch those five, six, seven fish, you're going to learn so much, and it's going to make you a better angler. So you can keep honing your skills. You can keep working at it. And next time we tell you there's a bite that's really going on, you might be just that much better at it. And right now, if you get out, we're getting away from the big fish time of the year for walleyes. So if you're going walleye fishing right now, concentrate on catching a bunch of them. Just have fun. You may or may not catch some that you can take home, depending on where you're fishing and what the regulations are. But you can catch a lot of walleyes if you get out in your boat right now. And when you're out there, say you're trolling for them and you keep finding them in a location, stop trolling and go throw, maybe throw crankbaits and dive them down there. Cast a spoon or a blade bait to them or do a jig. I love to jig. But work on presentations that you're not real confident in right now. Don't work on those presentations when you're not catching fish. Because what happens then is you get frustrated, you don't think they work, you don't fish them long enough, and you don't fish them right. So if you can focus on getting out there and catching some fish now and then trying other techniques that you want to get good at. Maybe you've never drop shotted. This is the time of the year you could drop shot for walleyes. It doesn't have to be bass. Or you just haven't been a good jig fisherman. Take a jig and a Berkeley gulp minnow and start casting around points and humps and drop-offs. You're going to catch fish, and it's going to give you confidence. And the more you catch and the more you feel it, you're going to get that much better at it. So do those kind. Maybe you're not, you've never done a jigging spoon or a jigging wrap or a, those 
those type of lures down on the bottom before. Now's the time. Find some fish on the edge of a structure. Go after them. This is the time of the year. It's also the time of the year for big lake trout up at Granby. And Bernie Keefe is going to join us towards the end of this hour, and he is on the big fish bite. In fact, this is the time of the year to catch those big fish. Biggest lake trout I ever caught at Granby came this time of the year in nine feet of water. To give you an idea. You don't have to. It's a lot easier to catch them. But there's so much you can be out and doing. I'll tell you what, we'll take a time out. We come back. We're going to be joined by the folks at Hawk Quest. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And we're going to go right to the phones. And we're going to talk to, uh, I'm going to pr- try this, Ken. Ken Quitnuga, is that right? Well, you're close. It's Ken Kitagua. Kitagua, okay. I, I'm glad you didn't ask me to spell it. That's okay. <laughs> hey, you're you're with Hawk Quest, and you guys are just a terrific organization. I know people who have been to the sports shows and other events, you guys appear all over the place. You bring the birds of prey, and they're just such an attraction. People are so mesmerized by them. Before we even get to that part, let's tell them a little bit about what Hawk Quest is. And I had a chance to talk to you yesterday, and we were talking about it, and I guess we could, we could traditionally, we couldn't call you a rescue organization, but you do kind of rescue birds that have been rescued, don't you? Yes. Now, we are, we are not a rehab organization. We're an educational organization. We do environmental lectures with non-releasable birds. They're either physically impaired or mentally impaired, okay? All right. So, so the birds that we have cannot be returned back into the wild. And these birds probably came from a rehab facility, and they were healed up and everything, but never regained the, the capacity to survive in the wild. That is correct. They cannot make it in the wild, so you've got to have special permits through the U.S. Fish and Wildlife in the state of Colorado to uh, basically have these birds. So how many birds does HawkQuest have? We have 38. And what kind of variety do you have? Oh, we have eagles, hawks, owls, falcons. We even have a turkey vulture. Wow, the turkey vultures are big. Oh, they're they're incredible birds. They're they're very useful birds, and you know they eat carrion, so they eat the things that are diseased, and eat the things that spread disease. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, I have a question for you, and I thought about this after we hung up last night. There, I I've, I love watching an osprey fish even more than an eagle. Bald eagles are great fishermen, but I love an osprey. What family of a bird of prey does the osprey fit into? Okay, the osprey is in a family by itself. They're known as the just the fish hawk. And the thing about ospreys is that they only eat fish. They are also found on every continent in, in the world except Antarctica. So they're very widespread. Very, um, they're really amazing birds. And they're almost like they're double-jointed because unlike the bald eagles that pull the fish about 18, 20 inches off the surface of the water, um, the ospreys actually dive into the water. And with that double joint on their wings, they're almost doing like a breaststroke to get back out of the water. No, they're, I'm watching them fish. So I'm, like you said, you watch a bald eagle, and he's got to grab a fish that's pretty close to the surface. I've had, that is correct. Uh-huh. I've had bald eagles when I've been uh, filming up in Alaska that um, uh, a bait fish or something dies, and it's floating somewhere near the boat. And a bald eagle that looks like it's probably from a mile away will see that fish and come and grab it. It's unbelievable the eyesight these birds have, Ken. Well, a bald eagle can see a fish, Terry, literally 18 inches below water. Wow. You know. 
So that phenomenal eyesight. One thing birds of prey do not have is a sense of smell, except, of course, in a group of birds, uh, which is the vultures. And the turkey vulture has the best sense of smell out of all the birds of prey. They can literally smell the rotten carcass at about five miles away. Now, you guys show up a lot of places, and all these birds of prey you mentioned are there because you want to do education. What do you want to educate people about at HawkQuest? Well, you can certainly bring in slides, pictures, and films, and all those are good educational tools. But personally, if you bring in your national symbol, and, you know, it amazes me sometimes that <clears throat> a lot of people still don't know our national symbol. You can certainly see them in films or even at the zoo, but they're always behind bars. They really don't have a lot of spirit. But for a young man or a young lady or even the parents to see a bald eagle 18, 20 inches away, I think it's pretty exciting. And then, of course, you start telling them about the bald eagle, the history here in the United States being a national symbol as well as where we got this bird and why it's important for the environment. I I think... uh, that's pretty amazing. Okay, so you get really an education on a little bit of history, but then you give them a lot of environmental things, too. And do you kind of stress a little bit about what the what these birds mean to the environment and what a good environment means for these birds? Oh, absolutely, you know. And uh, the birds of prey are at the top of the food chain. And whatever we do down on the bottom of the food chain or the food web, everything rolls up to the birds of prey. And that's why in the 60s, when we were losing the peregrine falcon and the bald eagle, they figured it out that the DDT made eggs very thin, and that was really found by uh, not a lot of uh, peregrines showing up on the cliffs or babies, as well as we were losing the bald eagle in the lower 48. Now, the bald eagle in Canada or Alaska was never really in trouble. It was the bald eagles on the lower 48 that was the issue. Boy, and the bald eagle has really rebounded, hasn't it? It has, it has. And in fact, you can see one almost at almost every state park in Colorado. And what a majestic bird. But you're right, you can't get very, even nesting pairs, you can only get so close because you can't get too close to spook them and then they're high up in a tree. You know, you said to get within a couple feet. Now, you're going to be out at Adventure Camper next Saturday yes, with are. us. Yes, and we, we, this is our third year out there. We're excited to work with those folks. They're just, aren't they great people? They are. They're an awesome group, yeah. We're going to have that great day out there. I'm going to broadcast live from there. Brad Peterson's going to do fishing seminars from there. And you're going to have Colorado State Parks is going to be there. There's going to be food. There's free food. It's going to be just fantastic. Tell people what birds you'll be bringing next Saturday. and what Well, the- we'll definitely, definitely bring the bald eagle. We'll bring a bird that has a six-and-a-half-foot wingspan. We're certainly going to probably bring an owl, probably a great horned owl, since it's uh, indigenous to Colorado and a very common bird. It's also a bird that everybody can identify with. We'll definitely bring the peregrine falcon, which is the fastest animal on the planet. And we might even bring a red-tailed hawk, which everybody can identify with as well. In fact, I mentioned there's, we have owls and hawks in my neighborhood, which is kind of in the foothills in Fort Collins. And uh-huh. I've seen those, those hawks come and grab a, a rabbit or a squirrel right out of the, the neighborhood and take it up in a big pine tree and eat it right there. And yeah. I have a horn, uh, the big horned owls, great horned owls, that actually will perch on my roof and hoot sometimes. Uh, they're, uh, they're such an incredible, they're not a small bird either. No, no. The great horned owl is the largest owl in Colorado. It is the third largest owl in North America. So they're very, very large. And they've learned to kind of live, you know, around humans and so forth. So they, they, they're very beneficial. You know, people are complaining there's a lot of rabbits. Well, 
when you you know you uh, get rid of the predators, uh, the, the prey base goes crazy. Uh, look at what's going on in Estes Park with the elk and so forth. So great horn owls in your neighborhood is a good thing. Now you mentioned the peregrine falcons too. Didn't they institute a program at one time to have them nest on the buildings in Denver? Yes, and it, it was not successful. And the reason for that, Terry, is that you have to do that for five to seven years because the mortality rate on birds of prey in the wild is very, very high. And, of course, you have to wait for that bird to come back. And there's a lot of adversities in the wild. I mean, people still shoot them, electrocution, uh, habitat encroachment. So you have to do that for seven, eight years so you build up some sort of a population and then hopefully... Uh, that bird will come back. For example, in Chicago and New York, the peregrines are doing very well. There certainly is a lot of food in the city, which is the pigeons. All right. I wish they'd come get some of the collared doves, Eurasian doves that are in my neighborhood. <laughs> hey, we've got, we've got to let you go, Ken, but first and foremost, if people want to get a hold of HawkQuest, how do they do it? Very simple. They can get a hold of us on the web at www.hawkquest.org, or they can call us at 303 690 6959, or they can certainly follow us on Facebook. All right. Then the last thing, what time will you be out at Adventure Camper next week? I next believe week? we're going to be out there at around 12 o'clock. All right. So you'll probably be out there for, what, couple, two, two, for about three, three hours. Three hours, about, about noon to three. So people yes, want to sir. see these birds up close. What a great opportunity. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you, you next week. And, th- and thanks for the time, and we'll talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you out there, and uh, it'll be great to see some. I'm excited to see these birds up All close. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks. We'll see you next Saturday. And speaking of that, all the rest of you, join us next Saturday. We're going to be out at Adventure Camper. Just go to AdventureCamper.com. We'll also be posting on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and we'll give you the information. We're going to have fishing seminars. I'm going to broadcast live. You heard HawkQuest is going to be there. Um, Parks and Wildlife is going to be there. It's almost going to be like a little sports show. We're going to have a great time outdoors. And while you're there, there's going to be incredible deals on their campers, too. So it's a great place to spend a couple hours next Saturday. And Brad's going to do a special uh, seminar for kids fishing. The first 20 kids get a get a, a free fishing pole. They've donated 20 fishing poles. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Okay, so now you're playing a nice eagle song when JR is waiting, and you know I have to listen to this. I suppose we better do a show. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. And uh, if you were listening earlier, you heard Nate tell us how important patterning a turkey gun is for your success. And speaking of turkeys, JR from Colorado Clays is joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you a turkey, but you didn't call, and you went out and just pounded bass. Yeah, don't take it personally. I didn't call anyone else either. Yeah, I don't care <laughs> about anyone else. I care about me. Terry, I want you to get your net skills in order before we go. Oh, jeez. I, I, you know, I'll land my own fish, too, by the way, because you'll just try to knock them off. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. In fact, you have a competition coming up we'll probably talk about later that's real, not just our corny back and forth. But before we get to that, you have been letting people or you have a program where they can pattern their turkey guns. And I want you to tell us about that, but also tell us you've had some interesting results, haven't you? 
Uh, yeah, Terry, you're right. And I'll tell you, uh, we just had a great time helping out all the hunters that came to Colorado Plays for our special turkey gun site. And, and you're right, we collected some very good and interesting data, you know, regarding all of those variables. Um, so let's just start gun choice, I think, and I'm going to do this kind of quickly as an overview, but uh, we do have some of those uh, guns out there designed just for turkey hunting. And granted, they do have slings and mounts on them for different sites, um, you know, camouflage patterns and such, but they seem to be a personal preference item. Um, we also tested choke tubes, ammunition, and shooting positions. So what we found um, is that the biggest factors in pattern density and effective range were the choke tube and the ammunition. Um, we found that choke tubes designed for turkey hunting, you know, specifically the extended turkey tubes, and particularly using those one and three like one and three quarter ounce turkey loads, you know, four or five or six shot gave us the best results. And in the process, we did incidentally find out that shooting position, whether you were sitting, standing, resting on sticks, it really can have a significant effect on each individual person's hold point. So um, very interesting and just another good reason to test your stuff beforehand. Yeah, you found out that the pattern did lay out completely different, not completely, but considerably different from different shooting positions. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't think that, and they're going to miss a bird just because they're they're shooting from a position they haven't patterned from. Exactly, and particularly the sitting one, Terry. We, we went ahead and represented that sitting against a tree, and those patterns were 60 to 70% high on a lot of people. So really, really good information to have when you're in the field. Now, the last question before I move on to other things about the turkey patterning, and that is, did you find that the specific turkey guns shot a significantly better turkey pattern than the 12-gauge somebody might use for waterfowl? No, we we determined based on, because we did um, do some side-by-side -side comparisons, of which there's only so much it can do, but it seemed that it was more that good um, designed for turkey tube and that turkey load out of any gun that was more effective. The barrel lengths and stuff did not have the uh, impact that those combinations of specific turkey tube and loads had. I'm going to ask one more question. I said last one, but did you find there was a, a particular di distance that the effectiveness really seemed to fall off at? You know, Terry, so uh, for, for those not using those specific loads, 30 yards, uh, we started questioning some of the patterns. They had some flyers, not good um, overall concentration, but 40 yards, um, we, were, we were good out to 40, no problem, and probably could have pushed it a few yards with some of those using those good combinations. All right, that's really great information. And, you know, and the reason you're able to do this out at Colorado Clays is because you are a full-service shotgun facility. You know, we're at a new time. There may be some people listening that don't know about you. Why don't you tell people about the, your facility? Well, thanks for that opportunity, Terry. And uh, so, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, at Colorado Clay Shooting Park, we have opportunities and we welcome shooters of all ages and skill levels from literally the very beginning shooter to the most advanced. 
And, for example, uh, let's go with that beginning shooter. We have a trap field, and it is set up just for beginning shooters and lessons. And I'll tell you, the uh, 4-H kids, Boy Scouts, uh, people doing lessons just take advantage of that all the time. So anyone wanting to know more about shooting or maybe give it a try can give us a call, and we'll make arrangements either one of our awesome staff or instructors uh, to get them started in the right direction to really, you know, be able to enjoy the, all of the shooting sports. And on that note, uh, we do have seven regulation trap fields, um, two skeet fields set down with a cottonwood shade in the summer, just, just a great place to shoot skeet. Uh, on those skeet fields, we have wobble trap overlays, and if you are an upland bird hunter, no better practice than the wobble traps. And then, of course, our amazing 15-station sporting clays course that's set in that wooded creek bottom, Terry. It is uh, kind of our number one draw for shooting uh, sporting clays. Now, if you're a rifle or pistol shooter, um, we have a state-of-the-art NRA-approved rifle and pistol range. And this range features 10 shooting lanes um, in the pistol side with a target return system and 10 lanes on rifle. Uh, the rifle range is a 100-yard system with a camera on your target and a monitor in your shooting base. So you can actually sight your gun in in real time without needing any spotting equipment. Uh, very, very handy for the big game hunters. And then, of course, uh, Terry, our entire facility is handicap accessible. Um, everything available at Colorado Clays you can do as an individual, meaning you don't even need to have a group. A single person can come out and enjoy anything we have on their own. And while I'm at it, Terry, I'd like to mention that Colorado Clays has accommodations for events and get-togethers of all sizes from whether it's just a family outing, uh, maybe a small business get-together, bachelor bachelorette parties, all the way up to giant corporate and fundraiser events with hundreds of people and literally everything in between. So uh, definitely worth checking this out if you want to plan an event. And you have some classes coming up too, I believe. We do, and uh, these are done by... Uh, our top-notch staff. So, for example, if you're wanting to get that concealed carry permit, you have to do that class. Well, the next one is going to be Thursday, May 31st, and that'll be from 5 to 9 p.m., so definitely get in on that. Um, we also have a Handgun 101 class. So anybody who wants to just um, get the latest and greatest techniques and um, pistol shooting information that would be a great class and that one is friday may 25th from 5 to 9 p.m and the last thing terry i'd like to mention is tomorrow we have another introduction introduction to shotgun shooting clinic in the morning we have two spots left so there's a few hours left here to get in on that all right and last thing before i let you go and that is uh, the famous cast and clays is coming up that's right uh sunday june 3rd terry uh, if you enjoy the outdoors and the shooting sports, the fishing, uh, no better event to get in. Uh, great sponsors this year, including Tightline Outdoors with Nate, Bass Pro, TransWest. Uh, I'll go over those here next time, but we got some amazing sponsors, some amazing categories, and just an incredible day coming up. All right, my friend, we will talk to you again very soon. Thank you, Terry. You bet. That's uh my fishing partner from Colorado Clays, JR.
Um, at least I'm hoping he's going to be. He goes out to these small lakes and ponds and just slays the bass, but he never, ever calls me. He says he's going to. We'll see how that works out. Hey, you know, if you've been listening to the show or even to the fan over the last few weeks, you realize that we're celebrating 20 years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on radio. And along with that, Honey Smoke Fish Company... Thank you. Honey Smoke Fish Company is uh, donating a value pack that's valued up to like $99. Uh, Every month we're doing what's called Terry's Tidbits of Trivia. Karen will post a trivia question on our Facebook page, and then we'll throw it out during one of our shows, and whoever gets it right, or the first one that gets it right, will get a a package of honey smoked uh, salmon delivered right to their doorstep. And it's just fantastic. You'll get a gift certificate for that. But um, don't wait for that. Honey smoked salmon is so good. It's in my refrigerator right now. Karen's got a recipe sitting on the cupboard that we're going to make when we get home. You take some honey, you take some pesto and some spinach leaves and some goat cheese. You put them on a little, uh, like a pita bread. You bake that in the oven, put a little olive oil. As soon as it comes out hot, you throw honey smoked salmon on top of it. Oh, my. It is just so good. My biggest problem is I eat it right out of the package while I'm making these things. It just tastes so good. Honey smoked fish company, smoked salmon. Give it a try. You won't be disappointed. Terry Wicks from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And we are going to the phones now. And joining us from uh, Granby is Mr. Bernie Keefe. Assuming we get him up here, would you guys uh, bring Bernie up, please? All right. Okay, there he is. Bernie, good morning. Good morning. I don't think they wanted me on the air today. Well, I don't know. I kind of did. Well, no, the, the the people who run the magic board didn't want me there. Well, you know, they don't want me here sometimes. <laughs> hey, you know, this is, we're going to talk about the fishing up in your part of the country, but this traditionally is big fish time of the year for the lake trout, and you've got other species that are going pretty good. The one question I have is, I remember the last couple of years looking in the newspapers and online, and I keep seeing pictures of your wife and mine with these big lake, humbi- lake uh, arm-hugging lake trout. What's that about? They're better than us. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like a friend of mine said on Facebook the other day, somebody should just get you a shirt that says Net Boy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, seriously, Bernie, the, this is traditionally one of the big fish times. And from what I've Karen's been showing me on Facebook, you've been pretty successful with it the last few days. It's been pretty good out here this year. A uh, lot of big fish, a lot of food in the lake. The fish are getting healthy. Uh, fish at Williams Fork and Grand Lake. I mean, the guys fishing off the bank are getting good fish. Granby's doing amazing. We're getting some big browns out of Granby. That's been that's that that's that's been the biggest shining star for me is some of the nicer browns coming out of the lake. Let's talk a little bit first. You mentioned from shore. Where are the boat ramps open, and when will some of the others open? Okay, Grand Granby is still water boat ramp is open from six in the morning to eight at night. If you don't want to keep your boat on the water at night, you got to be off at 8 because they will shut the gates. And then Grand Lake, I'm hearing, is going to open the 18th, and that's Shadow Mountain also. And Williams Fork, I'm hearing about the 12th. Okay, so that there's going to be a lot of opportunities. There's great opportunities on Granby right now, and there's shore opportunities on the others, but that will be changing. And Are you guiding on almost all those waters? We will be as soon as the lakes open up. Um, Grand Lake and Williams Fork, we got guides out there just raring to go. 
I think they got some availability left. I'm not real sure, but I know they're getting pretty busy. Now, you know, the one point of contention I've always had with you is that I used to fish Granby. I'd ice fish it, and then, of course, I'd fish it in the spring. In fact, my biggest lake trout came in spring and was in about nine feet of water. Then I'd quit fishing it as the water warmed up, and I'd come back in the fall, and I always told people I don't bother because it's too hard to catch those fish when they go that deep. But you've sure made a liar out of me. Uh, Terry, nobody makes a liar out of you. It's just miscommunication. <laughs> but you've been able to stay on those fish all year. But let's talk right now. If I'm coming up, we'll talk about a guide trip in a minute. But if I'm coming up right now, let's start with Granby since that's open. Where You said the browns and rainbows are good, and you're catching big uh, big lakers. How would you approach the lake? Um, if, I, if I'm chasing rainbows, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to find anywhere water's coming in the lake and fish around it. That 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 just you'll just catch a bazillion rainbows, and you just gotta find the places that haven't been beat up real bad. So you're gonna move, move around a little bit looking for that. If I'm chasing browns, I'm gonna fish rocky areas and anywhere rock and rock and mud or rock and sand meet. I'm gonna fish that area there, and I'm gonna really target those during the low light hours with uh, minnow baits like the Cutter 90s and Cutter 110s, stuff like that. Maybe some flicker sheds. Um, if I'm chasing and then if the sun's out for the browns and the rainbows, I'll pitch jigs in the water. You don't need to pitch them deep, you know, 15, 20 feet tops. They're, they're not going to even be that deep, but if you pitch it out that far and work them back in, maybe some spoons. If I'm walking the bank for lake trout, I'm just going to keep moving. The key for the lake trout right now, there's a lot of groups of lake trout that are on the shorelines and you just got to keep moving. Once you find one, Sit there and fish that area thoroughly before you move. You should be able to catch quite a few of them. And uh, early in the morning, the, the minnow baits will work. Later in the afternoon, once, you, once the sun comes up and the lake goes flat, your uh, power work, power bait will power, power. I can't even talk. Power minnows will work. Um, the gulp will work. Jerk sheds will work. Hair jigs will work. Spoons like leech flutter spoon and cast masters, crocodiles, that stuff will work well. About anything will work. You just gotta you just gotta keep moving till you find the fish. Now, do you do that from a boat too? You're doing the same type of thing, or is that mostly just the shore techniques? Well, that's that's a big shore technique. From the boat, I'm doing the same thing. But once once the sun comes up in the boat and I can start moving around, I use my sonar to find fish. I'll yeah. move I'll move out to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 feet of water. And I'll just I'll just start looking over the tops of all the humps until I find fish, and then I'll drop on them. And you know we used to we used to do that years and years and years ago before you and I even know knew each other, and we'd actually hunt for one or two big fish on a hump. And that's why that's what you'll be doing. That's what you'll be doing. You won't be looking for big schools of them this time of year. You'll be looking for one or two and. If you find them, don't think you're going to go back get them later. You got to stop and get them right now. Those fish are moving around so fast; they're here right now, and in 20 minutes they might be gone. So if you see a fish on your graph, you just got to stop and fish it, and then move on. You know, you can tell pretty quickly if they're aggressive too, can't you? Oh yeah, this and this time of year they're they, they're aggressive. Um, they're either super aggressive or they're not going to bite anything. That seems to be the basic rule with them. But, yeah, they're aggressive, and it, it's not a real difficult fishery right now. The problem people have is they're not finding a lot of fish because they're moving around so much, and they're not looking over things thoroughly. What what kind of size, when you talk about big fish in Granby, how, what kind of weights are you talking? 
Uh, we got a 36 yesterday that had to went close to 20 pounds. I if it's if it wasn't 20, I'd be surprised. It's real fat. Then we backed it up with a third real fat 37. That's probably 22, 23. They're they're just in real good shape out right out there right now. The 30 inches can go 10, 11 pounds, and then just they just get fatter. But then I'll, then you'll catch a 36 inch, 16 pounder, just one skinny as heck right next to it. They're just they're just like the human race right now. There's you got some big healthy ones out there, and you got some little scrawny skinny ones out there. You know, there's a picture that circulates around at sports shows and stuff. Shows Karen and I each holding about a 20 pound lake trout that we caught at the same time while fishing with you. And to this day, because when you recorded those fish for the master angler, you put hers was bigger. She claims her was bigger, but if you look at the picture, it's obvious that mine is. Well, Terry, that's all on the way that the way you were holding it. You were holding it a little bit of an angle. Don't help her, Bernie. And you were sticking. If you look real close, your your fingers look really big in that picture, and oh. hers look small. No, oh. she was holding closer. Hers closer to her, and yours was sticking out a little bit. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bernie, if somebody wants to, if they want a guide trip to learn more about this fishing, how do they get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me on uh, 970-531-2318 or on my website, fishingwithbernie.com, or on Facebook, Fishing with Bernie. Bernie, thanks for joining us. As always, great information. we got to get on the water together again soon. Give me a holler when you get a day off, Terry. You guys be safe. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Thank you, Bernie. Always great information. Great fisheries up there. Tremendous. Thank you so much. Bernie Keefe, who's always a great contributor. I'll tell you, that fishery... I know Bernie catches these fish year-round. I, I Honestly, I don't chase them much in the summer because they are harder to find, but Bernie is so good at it. But I, I love going up there in the spring, and I love going up there in the fall. You're just going to have some of the best fishing of your life. You know, if you go up there in the October time frame when they're spawning, took my son and my son-in-law and my grandson up there last fall, and I, I think we— I think we figured that we caught about 50 fish. I don't know how many bites we had, but each of them hooked up. And we and Bernie and I just directed. We just let them fish. And then if you go for the big fish times, that's, there's late in the fall at times if you can get on the lakes, and then this time of the year in the spring. But this is the time if you want to go try to catch that 20-pound lake trout. This is Or even bigger, this is the time to be out there. It's going to wrap up the show. Now, remember, we're on remote the next couple weeks. Next week, we're at Adventure Camper. And we're going to be broadcasting live there from 10 to noon. Okay, and go to adventurecamper.com. There's a there's a um, Google Maps directions there. It's by Jordan Road and Arapaho Road, but it's it's off on a, a side road a little bit. So you really need to go to the map, make it easy to find. But we're going to have um, Hawk Quest. You heard them today. They're going to be there. They're going to have four birds of prey, including a bald eagle. And that's going to be so much fun. Get within two feet of a giant bald eagle. How awesome will that be? Colorado Parks and Wildlife is going to be there. Um, there's going to be free barbecue, and we're going to have Brad Peterson's doing four fishing seminars, including a kids seminar where they're giving away 20 rods to the first 20 kids, I believe. I'm not sure how that's structured. Brad, I'm sure Brad will be posting it on his Facebook page, Brad Peterson Outdoors, so check that. And it's just going to be a fun day, not to mention they're going to have incredible sales on campers so you'll be able to get the best price of the year on a camper while you're there but just come out and see us 
Come out and meet the folks at Adventure Camper. Even if you're not looking for a camper right now, you never know. Because once you meet these people, they're family. And they don't just sell, they rent. They have a great rental program. So if you want to go for just a weekend, you can do that. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We keep You can keep track of all the places we're going to be on remote and everything we're doing. And tune in every Saturday from 10 to noon right now. And that will go back to 9 o'clock at the end of July. And join us right here on 104.3 The Fan. Thank you.